Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Celine Yeager, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. How are you, Patrick? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Uh, it's cooled off a little here, so it's not, you know, it's not what hot Northern California can be. Um, mm-hmm. Getting out for my rides, seeing yeah, friends. That's a good thing. Um, oh, friends are good. Yeah. Uh, so... Despite the insanity of COVID uh, and and Northern California, well, it starting, looks like you guys are. I was going to say, it looks like you're sort of like having a little bit of a thing going on. Well, yeah. So things are closing back down um, right now. Today, n- none of the recent changes affect me because if mm-hmm. I if I eat out, I'm getting takeout. Right. You know. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Now that said, we just learned yesterday that the very thing that I had guessed would happen is happening. Kids are not going back to school in person in any way, shape or form. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, we'll call that a little bit of an issue. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, yeah. All right then. <laughs> Moving right along. How about you? <laughs> yeah, let's move along. Um, no, things are things are going going well. I, like we were talking a bit before we got on the air here. Uh, did our first mountain bike sup adventure on mm-hmm. Sunday, where we uh, packed the bikes on the car and threw the backpacks with the inflatable stand up paddle boards in, and it was awesome. It was great. Cool. It was really fun. Really fun to just. You know, do a ride around a place and then stop and have a snack and blow up the boards and go out in the water. Uh, it was really cool. Like, I'm I'm hooked on that idea. I like it. I mean, you got me so inspired last week that I actually went to their website myself. I know. I should be like an ambassador or something. Like, so many mm-hmm. people have been like, I don't know. I need a kickback, uh, uh, black, uh, eye rocker. Anyway, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, truly, you've got me inspired. I looked at the whole stand-up paddleboard thing and thought, gosh, that's no, no. But then when you mentioned <laughs> blow up and easy to transport and then seeing familiar places from a new direction, that that kind of captured my interest a little bit. It, it's surprising. Like, I, I, obviously, the way I'm gushing, I love it. Like, I really love it. Like, I get on the board and start paddling through the water and i'm like this is just so cool like it's quiet and there are just so many you know we saw so many uh herons and ospreys and you know bass jumping out of the lake and it's just Mm. such an it's just you're just immersed in a in a different environment the way you are when you're like mountain biking and you're like in the woods and you know it's just the same thing but but it's just cool i was a huge fan Huge fan. Neat. Now, what do you do with your mountain bikes while you're out there? Put them on the uh, back of the car and lock them up. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think about security. What with having um, multiple bikes stolen this year. I understand. I understand. I mean, we could, if we were worried, which I'm not where we go, uh-huh. um, we could go the extra mile and take the wheels off and put them in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like there'd be room to do that. Okay. You know, uh-huh. but uh, as it is, we have a hit track and um, just a, a couple of stronger locks that we just put, put on it. And it's, it's, I don't worry about it where we go at all. Quite frankly, I wouldn't even really worry about it if they weren't locked, but we lock them. <laughs> okay, cool. Alrighty. Well, what's your pull this week? All right. Well, the first um, is another listener question. Super quick one. Uh-huh. Uh, I had somebody ask and I didn't even I didn't even copy the name this time. So <laughs> sorry, whoever you are. That's lean. Sometimes it's like that. Um, uh, this person asks. If I would race with a mask, if I had to, mm. which I thought was a, a super interesting question because uh, we have had we we have some races back online here. We have for a few weeks, actually. Uh, the Velodrome is open. You mask in the infield, but not on the track itself, because a lot of it's just TTs, you know, so you're not it's not a big group. Um, the mountain bike and gravel races are not once you're racing you know once you're in the once you're out there that it's fine but on the start line they're masked but the crits are you people are wearing masks during the crits but because it's Mm -hmm. a big group for an hour or so right yeah um and you know i've I've, a couple of my friends made masks out of their old jerseys so they actually match their kits and (laughs) and i like it yeah and i did too and had at it and it's it they they didn't think it was all that bad, uh, and you know, and I you know I raced a lot of Cape Epic with a buff over my face mm-hmm. years ago because like the dust was so bad, and mm-hmm. that that was not in you know it wasn't awesome, but it wasn't intolerable. And I actually bought a couple of uh, sport masks, and they're they're not that bad. They're, I was really really surprised that it wasn't uh, as it, it wasn't as mentally sort of suffocating as you kind of would think it would be, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it does sort of just go away after a while. I mean, the only thing that's a little bit of a pain, but it, even that I think you probably get used to is pushing it up to like drink or eat or whatever and taking care of that kind of stuff. But, you know, so it, it's funny if you had asked me that in like March, April, May, I would have been like, no way. No, <laughs> right. No, right. Heck no. I'll just wait. no, but now I'm like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> if, they, if that's what we need to do and we can go out and have our fun. Sure. You know, like it's funny how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the eight year old who's misbehaved and suddenly realizes just how bad things can get when they're in detention. And it's like, no, I'll agree to whatever. Yeah. 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 It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> would you race? It? Would you ride with it? Would you do an event if you had to have a mask on the entire time? It it depends on what level of covering, because, I mean, there are times when I'm riding around with a buff. Yeah. And yeah. if I really needed to, I could continue to do that. And I had a uh, it's not related, but it does dovetail. I had a very interesting epiphany yesterday. So I'm reading this book called Breath by James Nestor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. I haven't read it. I've heard a lot about oh, it. And I've seen gosh. him talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So once I finish it some, you know, a week or two from now, my paceline pick will be this book. It, it, mm-hmm. We'll get around to it. 
one of the things that comes up in it uh, is just how much you can accomplish athletically breathing mm-hmm. through your nose. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, that's his thing at the at the fittest I ever was. My perception was that I could only ride up to one hundred and thirty nine beats per minute with my mouth closed. Beyond that, okay. I needed to open my mouth. OK, mm-hmm. that was I, I determined that by some method. I don't know what. And more recently, I've I've concluded that it's closer to 130, 131. Uh, one, yeah, mm-hmm. 130, 131 nowadays. Uh, yesterday, I'm on a climb in Annadale, South Burma. And I figure. I wonder how hard I can go and keep my mouth closed. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had trouble downloading the file since then, so I really haven't gotten a close look. But I know that while I was out there, I looked down at my Wahoo and I saw 153 beats per minute and my mouth was closed. Yep. I'm, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. I'm going to go to the drugstore and buy some breathe right strips because at one point I was breathing so hard I could feel my nostrils being sucked close. <laughs> I always thought those things were a total joke. And now I'm like, oh, wait a second. I might have been a thousand percent wrong about these things. No, I, I don't think they're a total joke. I think that um, there can be something to it. I, I, I There was also that little ring that you put in your nose. Do you remember that? It was like a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I That's do still think... a big fat second no. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. I would rock that because it'd just be kind of ridiculous. But um, I, I think there is something, especially for some people, because everybody's internal, everyone's noses are different, right? Everyone's past is just, it's all different. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that they can be beneficial for some people. But I, but you can definitely, that was always, uh, maybe I shouldn't give this away, but that, that was always one of my favorite sort of little mental tricks to do on people when I was racing and maybe still is just keep my mouth shut passing on a climb. So I look <laughs> uh-huh, like uh-huh. I'm not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know? So I got really good at working very hard, looking like total poker face, looking like I was just cruising along. You snake and, you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you. But you can't, like, you can't. You, you can. It's just, it's uh Yeah. Yeah, I heard that guy on... uh on Joe Rogan, actually, and you know, so I heard a lot about him, t- like all of this stuff. But I've also heard him on other stuff. It's the whole breath thing is very interesting. It's a very, it's very interesting yoga. I mean, you know, there's there's disciplines that have harnessed that for mm-hmm. centuries. Yeah, yeah. So a few months ago, I talked about Matthew Walker's "Why We Sleep" and what mm-hmm. a come to Jesus that was. I'm having the same sort of come to Jesus all over again. And That's interesting. What's really, really cool is the way these two subjects are interlocking. Yep. He talks about that quite a bit too. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm about halfway through the book now. Um, yeah. Interesting. And just, you know, even just the half that I'm through, it is causing concerted changes in my behavior. I am deliberately wow. working to change my behavior. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so my, my non-listener uh, related poll, but I think every listener will relate, is I would like to talk about weight. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I would like to open my, my poll with a request that we please, please, please 
stop equating skinny with fit and strong mm. in our mm-hmm. sport of cycling. Please. They are not synonymous. And the notion is damaging about on every level I can think of. Mm-hmm. That, that, that stubborn notion that skinny is synonymous with fit and strong is very damaging on many levels. Uh, I bring this up. I, I've been thinking about it quite a bit for a number of reasons that I'll get into in a, in a bit. But um, I don't know if you saw the story I wrote about that rider out of Utah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dylan Lorimer, was it? Yes. Yes. That was his that name. Dude 29 rocks. year old. Let's just get that. Oh my God. Let's just get Those that pictures, out of the way. I love every picture that he posted. And yeah. I love, I love them all. Particularly like, the drive through getting the Baconator. It's like a mountain standing next to that thing. He's a, he, he played rugby. That should surprise oh. nobody. He, he is six, four and 265 pounds. He is a large human being. Mm. Um, and the nicest human being like what he was just like such a gem of a person to talk to and he actually works which i learned lady later with fatty oh really he works with eldon yes they're co-workers oh awesome yeah so i yeah i got a, a direct message from from eldon after it's like i love that piece that you did on dylan he's such a nice guy i'm like yeah he is um Anyway, so so Dylan had been riding for about a year, not not long. Like mm-hmm. he's not been in this sport very long. Uh, he's done like spin classes and stuff, and he's he's played football and rugby, but he's not been a road cyclist for more than a year. Uh, and he he started it with a coworker, and then his brother-in-law, and he just loves it. He loves 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 it. Anyway, he went out and he did this huge ride with his brother-in-law from Salt Lake City to just over the border in Idaho to their like vacation cabin. And it was 123 miles and about 3,300 feet of climbing. So essentially a power course. I mean, it was, there's nothing, mm-hmm. no big mountains, just a lot of gentle roller kind of things. And they averaged 18.5 miles an hour of moving time for the whole thing. And, you know, even without hills, like that's a solid 123 miles is 123 miles. I don't really. That's a ride where care. you're going to permit yourself to eat and drink anything you want at the finish. It, well, including that Baconator that he got. like Yeah, he yes. could do another at the finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's earned it. Um, yeah, and they, they didn't factor in, you know, I mean, that's that's moving time, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. they stopped and filled bottles and all the stuff that you do when you ride 123 miles. Um, <laughs> but he was super, super stoked, and he posted it on Reddit because he, he's part of, like, the bicycling sub-channel, and he sees, like, all people posting all their cool rides all the time. So he's like, I thought that's what you did. Like, you post, uh-huh. like... Your cool stuff. So he wrote this post that said, like, basically, hey, I'm 100 or I'm 265 pounds. Quote, unquote, mine is not a cyclist's body. I've been told I'm technically obese since I've been a tween. And I did this really cool thing, you know, and put it up. And within hours, like, there were all these guys out of the woodworks. I mean, there were definitely some people going, yeah, oh, attaboy, way to go. But there was all these guys. I call BS. Were you on an e-bike? No way someone in that shape could do it. I say you're fibbing. And I thought like literally word use the word fib like a child. And I was like, seriously? Yeah. Well, if you have to say not to be a troll, you're trolling. <laughs> yeah, you saw the comment. Yeah. Not to be I, a troll. That one but... <laughs> that one sent me into orbit. I could feel my blood pressure rise. 
<laughs> but I call a fib. Yeah. I was like, where are you sitting on this pedestal? Bless his heart. A fib yeah. On this guy. <laughs> so I contacted him and I wrote about it. And it, it's honestly, it's gone gangbusters. Like it's one, it got like 3,300 likes on Instagram and like it's got, it's gotten shared a, and nothing. I was, I was a little worried to be honest with you. Because I did that piece, and I'm always just a little worried that I'm going to set someone up for more of that oh. when I put them into the universe. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like by by shining a spotlight on him now, the trolls I, were I, really I, right. I wanted to protect him because uh-huh. he was such a wonderful person, uh-huh. but I also wanted to really tell this story, and I just I didn't want to fire up more trolls. Uh-huh. And that was, I was I'm always cautious of that, but I was like, I think it's okay, and I think I handled it, so I wasn't like. I was very careful. You know, I even talked to a sports psychologist and I'm like, why do people do this? You know, and he gave me a good answer. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to put this out there. And it was, thank God, like almost nothing but positivity. So a couple of guys, you know, wait, we need with their calculators going, well, technically, you know, sure. (laughs) He could do blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever. But, um, but, you know, and there were a lot, 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 lot of comments from larger cyclists who face this kind of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like people looking down their noses at them when they show up on rides, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess we're going to have to like wait for that guy, you know, and, and making condescending comments to them. And, you know, I know that cycling is a power to wait sport. I get it. Mm-hmm. But unless you are a Tour de France polka dot jersey contender, it actually makes less difference than a lot of people think mm-hmm. like those those extra pounds, especially if you are also really powerful which is the second part of that equation that most people conveniently ignore right right and when i wrote the book i wrote that book called climb you know which is all about climbing and i interviewed physicists i interviewed physiologists like i did all these interviews to sort of get a handle on like okay what how much does it really matter for you and me for people who are just recreationally riding or maybe even you know towing the line here or there not again not professional climbers Mm -hmm. but, but um, and there were some calculations. Joe Friel, not surprisingly, has done a bunch of them um, <laughs> that uh, recreationally fast men generally carry about 2.1 to 2.4 pounds per inch of height. And women carry about 1.9 to 2.2 pounds per inch of height, which I know for women would be about 143 ish pounds on the higher end. I can't do that math in my head for men off the top of my head. But anyway, so that's like sort of normal athletic fit whatever Mm -hmm. but any weight above that doesn't it still doesn't slow you down that much so for every pound every five pounds you take sort of above that you go 15 to 20 seconds longer up a mile long five percent climb there are people who have protractors out figuring this stuff out i Mm -hmm. i interviewed Mm -hmm. anyway so that's less than a minute up a three mile climb, five percent climb, mm-hmm. like for for five pounds. And, and of course, exponentially you add, but it's also making the assumption that the weight is not productive weight, mm-hmm. right? That the weight is quote unquote dead weight. It's not weight that is helping actually get put power into your pedals, right? If you're muscular, all those bets are off. Mm-hmm. Like that, like it's a whole other thing. And I have seen this personally many times. Like like myself, not to brag, but I will. I got third place overall in the women's category, Mount Washington's Hill Climb, the year I did it, on my road bike that year. <sighs> wow. With the 53, 39, but who's bragging? Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but I was, I have never been a super lightweight. I'm, I'm a muscular person, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, and I was over the moon at that. But, but 
on the other side of that, like even at my lightest weight, when I wasn't really trying to lose weight, but I was doing so many stage races and mountain bike races, like I just was a little lighter than I am now. Um, I got routinely my rear end handed to me by a woman who was easily 15 or 20 pounds heavier than I was like easily, but Mm -hmm. uphills, like I would see her coming. I'd be like, Oh my God. Like she just, she had so much power. Mm -hmm. It was, it was stunning how much power this woman had. And she even like, we had very frank conversations, you know, she's like, I, you know, because she didn't care for how she looked. And so she's like, I tried dieting. I tried all that stuff. I tried to get skinnier. And she's like, I would just shut down. I'd have no power. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, this is, this is how I am built. And I'm like, yes, that is how you're built. And it is powerful. And you do, you know, like, and you're winning everything. So that, mm-hmm. that is great because so many times arbitrarily, like a coach will tell somebody like, oh, you need to be X weight. Uh-huh. Based on what? Right. Right. Yeah. Like, do you know that? Do you know that the person that you're looking at actually isn't at the right weight? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I will say when you're there's just there's too much emphasis placed on the watts per kilogram once you get into coaching. I mean, that's great if you're a pro tour rider or, you know, pro mountain biker or whatever. Watts per kilogram. That's that's kind of the absolute measure, which is why all the pros now are so itty bitty. You're never going to mm-hmm. see somebody like Eddie Merckx again. You just, yep. you're not going to see a guy like that win the tour ever again. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said for power. I recall when I was at my most fit, if I was 153 pounds, I could take a pull at 29, 29 and a half miles an hour. If I was 150, I had trouble getting to 28 miles an hour, but I could go up totally. hill like a banshee. Yeah. Right, right. But that's just, that's only part of it. That's only yeah. part of the race, right? That's uh-huh. just part of the race. And you better be a, a really fast banshee. That, that, because, I mean, the, those, the riders that are a little heavier and more powerful can make that up on you in six ways to Sunday in other parts of the race, right? Yeah. So it it's all counts. Because on the flats and the rollers, forget it. Weight is really barely an issue. Yeah. You can be a very big person if you're powerful. And on the flip side, which bothers me more is I have friends and colleagues over the years who have struggled with significant eating disorders, mm-hmm. like significant eating disorders that have hurt, absolutely hurt rather than help their performance. And yet the first thing out of everyone's mouth when they'd see them was, Oh my God, you look so fit. You know, it's like, uh-huh. it's, I, I don't know how we can get people to move past it, but we really need to make that stop. Like we really need to, it's, 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 it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah. 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 I I'm, I'm open to suggestions. Um, yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I, I would just say like, just before you like comment on anyone's weight, I know even if you're trying to like compliment them, just, just think, Oh, I don't know. Just think a little bit before we, 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 we we're, too, we're way too obsessed about it. And it's, it's, it's not welcoming to people uh, at all. You know, it's, it's bad enough that we have these, these ridiculous clothes that you have to get into. <laughs> to, like to Sausage wrappers. Yeah, to be in this sport. It's, you know, like, so don't, don't judge books by their covers on either end of that spectrum. Yeah. Because you just don't know. You don't know. Well, I mean, I adopted a rule a few years back of just, I don't ever comment on anybody's weight. Yeah. 
Not a bad, not a bad rule. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, a bad rule. Unless they say, unless they open the door, you know, and say, somebody wants start feedback, making a conversation. Sorry. Right. Like, you know, if somebody says, oh, yeah, I've been like working really hard, da, 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 and then it's like, oh, that, yeah, it's great. I noticed you look, you know, healthy or whatever. But I, yeah, I try not to. Yeah. Yeah. I, and part of it also is I, I'm not bad at putting my foot into my dental work. Um, and so I've, I've learned diplomacy is something that has been an ongoing and slow lesson for me. And so unless I know how to say that unequivocally supportive thing, I'm going to just shut up. I think that's fine. Like, I, you know, I think we, we, we all talk maybe more than we need to a lot. (laughs) Says the two people hosting a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I'll stop talking now. So you're just talk. <laughs> oh boy! Well, walked right into that. Hi, everybody. Uh. <laughs> We're going to take a short break for our sponsor Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. All right. We are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, take a poll. Yeah. I read an article earlier this week in which Lawrence Gostin, who is the director of the World Health Organization's Commission on Public Health, And human rights. Yes, that's a bit of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. He was quoted saying that he didn't believe the U.S. would begin to function normally again, like what we think our culture Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. the summer of 2022. 22. I have been been psychologically preparing myself for that, but yes. Yeah. um, Yeah. There was a capper of a quote in the piece where he said, Mother Nature has unleashed a major force that we don't fully understand. It's like, well, there you go. Uh, Yep. And then kind of a parallel tack to that. I was on the bicycle retailer site uh, a couple times this week and down in the lower right corner where they normally have upcoming events, you know, there Mm -hmm. was. There was uh, Outer Bike Killington and Bike Bet- uh, Bentonville Bike Fest. And uh, n- next to every one of them, NABs, canceled, 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 canceled. Uh, 
and it's like, wow. Philly canceled everything until February 2021 already. Wow. Major events. Made, like, you know, parades, major runs, like big things, not small things, but any big event is already off the table until February, at the end of February 2021. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's understandable. Uh, I don't, I don't see how we do anything normal come October. You know, that still seems premature based on where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just yesterday, as I mentioned, I found out yeah. that my school district's plan uh, to have students in a kind of half time on campus schedule, either mornings or every other day. You know, I they had a couple of different things they were floating. Well, that whole plan has been remanded to the circular file. My boys won't be in school at all. And I just I, I don't I I am not yet sure how I'm going to uh, approach that. Um so let me say my pull today is not about doom and gloom though. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to cry. Oh, woe is me or ask for any other sort of piteous hand wringing. Instead, what I want to consider is what we've been doing that seems to have been working. What, what reassures us that we're being responsible people but still trying to go about our lives in some way that brings us sufficient satisfaction so that we're not Mm -hmm. tipping off into depression or anxiety or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, (laughs) let me put it this way. When the introverts say they are feeling cooped up, that's when, you know, we aren't getting enough interaction with our friends and family. Yep. (laughs) You know, I've said it before and I'm probably going to say it a couple more times. Um, so I'll say that mask or no, I'm not ready to do a big group ride. Uh, what do you define as big? I'm just curious. (laughs) (laughs) I've had to redefine that. Um, I mean, right now I, I'd say, you know, 20 people, I mean, 20 used to be people was tiny when I was in Southern California, but around here, I don't do any group rides. So if I was out with 20 people. I don't people, like to do 20 people anyway. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, my whole life was like, you know, a small ride was 40 people. Uh, wow. Big rides were 120. And Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that you would not be ready to do a big group ride. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, let's, okay, let's just take 40. I'm, you know, like you were talking about with crits. I'm not ready to do that. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine drafting along in a group of 40 riders. And, you know, I, I do believe in the effective effectiveness of masks, but mm-hmm. the thought of drafting in close quarters gives me the sense that I'd be tempting fate. Mm-hmm. I can get out for a ride without being surrounded by dozens of riders, uh, you know, a, a, a load of people who are committed to the idea that going fast requires us to be less than six feet apart. Mm-hmm. You know, a group uh, drafting is completely antithetical to social, socially distinct. Yeah. 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 You know, totally. But you know, I'm thinking about other stuff. I don't have a problem with doing a ride with one or two other people. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit that I don't always wear my mask for every minute of every ride. If I'm Mm -hmm. out by myself, I've even forgotten to bring a mask with me at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I just do what I can to stay away from people, uh, which generally is not that hard. Um, You know, and 
also, you know, until what I played with yesterday with my heart rate and closing my mouth, uh, you know, my heart rate would get to like 120 and I'd pull the mask down anyway. Um, mm. So, but my real desire here is to think about how can we go out and do things in a way that is responsible. I wouldn't mind doing a mountain bike ride with a group of friends if we all spaced out, spaced ourselves out by a second or two. Um, mm. That idea doesn't bother me. Um, and I'd love to have a beer afterward and hear a group of people laughing together. If only because I went over the bar at a stream crossing, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm starved for group laughter. I realized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think about like the outdoor movies that I used to take my boys to in a nearby park. Uh, they mm -hmm. show, you know, great family friendly mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. I'd pay to go to a movie in a park. If everyone was sufficiently spaced out and wearing masks, same for a concert. Yes. I think we're going to see that come back online just like that. Quite honestly, they're already doing that in some places. Mm. You know, and I'll, on the other side, you know, the idea of going to sea otter and trying to thread my way through throngs of people to visit several mm -hmm. hundred of the hundreds of different exhibitors, you know, right. hugging 300 of my favorite people on planet earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that's a total non-starter. Right. But what can we consider about smaller gatherings? You know, one mm -hmm. with a limited mm -hmm. number of exhibitors and a limited number of attendees held mm -hmm. outdoors with each mm -hmm. easy up tent positioned maybe 12 feet from the next so that you yep. can always be six feet from an exhibitor. Yep. I don't want to be an idiot, but I also don't want to be a hermit for the next two years. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, and I'm more comfortable in a lot of those situ uh i'm not uncomfortable when i'm out there generally yeah you know yeah no i do i do i know exactly what you're saying and i think i spend obviously a lot of time in this space like a lot lot of time in this space mm -hmm. and you know the and dave and i because we're still working on unpaved you know still which is yep. in october uh you know, we rode, we rode with a guy over the weekend who's helping universities in their pandemic planning. You know, like uh -huh. he's a rider and he he's a he's coming to unpaved. I mean, he you know, he, he like he wants to, to come out. So, you know, he he's a doctor, you know, and is very, very useful. We have a uh, microbiologist and a biologist that we consult with who's also a, a cyclist and a racer. And I have a very good friend, as I've mentioned before, at the Health and Human Services, who's a microbiologist and is working specifically with this stuff. Um, you know, and they, they are good leads to follow, man. Those are good wheels to sit on. Uh -huh. And they, they actually make me feel pretty comfortable, honestly. Like when, when we start wigging out and start talking to them, I feel better because they're watching stuff. They like, they watched a lot of the protests, you know, and like masked protests really didn't cause a whole lot of issues, you know, that, that they were outdoors. Mm -hmm. it, Take people inside like the inside is definitely a harder place right now, but mm -hmm. the outside is not, especially if you are more spaced out and whatever. But it's it is a lot about viral load and you just get less, you know, you just exposed to less viral load and, and it, it takes time to get all that virus. It, it like but it happens inside much more quickly, mm -hmm. you know, when you're out and you're moving around. It's 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 just better. And that's to your point, you know, like the, there, there have been many times that Dave and I have been like, why, 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 why? Like, and he's, to be clear, I'm just a sounding board. He, he is doing an 
staggering amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, why? And I'm, I'm going to a gravel camp next fall, right. or next week, next week. Yeah. And it's, a, it, it's, a, it's small. It's small. I mean, it's in, and it's very intentionally small. And we'll be outside most of the time. And when we're inside, it'll be masked and distant and well ventilated, windows open and all that stuff. And I, you know, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable. But the, but the reason why is because we are human beings. We are human beings who need human interaction. And to your point, like everyone's talking vaccines, therapeutics, and yes, those will come. They will. But it's not going to just be like everyone wants this switch where we're just going to all throw our masks in the air and start <laughs> hugging and go to a concert together and have a parade. But it's not going to look like that. Right. You know, so we have to figure out how to live with this. So we're not. So we're living. So we're actually living. Because if you if you start just going. Why then why anything? Why eat outside even if you could eat in your home? Why go to the store if you can have I mean, you could really why yourself into your home which is also let's be clear not necessarily the answer because a lot of people who got locked down got sick because they were locked down and not outside like there's Mm -hmm. you know this is a complicated thing and you need to keep moving and be healthy and be engaged and have some of that and and we need to figure out how to do it safely so like and how do we do that we consult with people we watch we learn we adjust and that's what that's what all these sources that we're talking to are doing right so Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it makes sense that something like the Olympics, of course, is not as a non-starter when you have like people coming from all of it like that. Hello, right. whatever. But but little events like you're talking about, like we already have, like I mentioned before, small local events starting. And if you're in a place where the the community contamination is is low and they mm-hmm. basically know where it's coming, where it has come from, you know, OK, it cropped up in this meatpacking plant. It popped up, you know, like. We're sort of at the point in some places where they can sort of see where things are, hotbeds and where they're not. Like, that's that's what we have to do as a society is keep learning, keep adjusting and and, and following our best practices. And I, I feel like, yeah, like a little like, you know, unpaved is going to happen in a very different way. Um, you know, and, and if things spike and shut, then it then it does shut down. But like there's. Yes, to your point, like this could this could be going on for quite a while. I, next year is not going to be normal either. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully it will be more normal, but it's not going to be normal. Mm-hmm. You know, so we 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 need to figure out how to have healthy joy, how to have social happiness, how to like have some of these things or. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, uh, you're you're spot on about that. So I'm curious, tell me some of what the changes are about unpaved. Um, you know, will there be an expo? I'm happy to talk to you about that. So, um, Pennsylvania will is limiting anything to um, 250 people or less. So, I mean, the the race itself is we're just going to do one distance, the long distance, limited to 200 participants, and they won't all go out at the same time. The idea is to have sort of a in a pie in the sky, we we would get an Amish auctioneer, our Pennsylvania Dutch auctioneer, to like call people's up, like number one, da, 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 like, and have you just go off, <laughs> you know, would be sort awesome. of, yeah, go off in that style. Um, you know, the the lottery is actually open now. It, it closes uh, August third for people who are interesting, and there's an open wait list, and 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 all the things. Like if it closes down, it just goes into next year, and you know all that kind of stuff. You can look at the site and see it. 
But the aid stations will be masked. There won't be much. There will be no indoor venues. You know, they will have some stuff outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I like salsa. People will be, will be there, but but small, spaced, wide open. Um, no big done paved party, which is a bummer because you know that's the fun part with beer and but but you know that but you'll have somebody like there'll be vouchers for food and you can go into town where they can sit outside and eat with your little small group. And uh, there's also an option which I really like for for people who are just like mm, you know I, I like it's they're just not there or maybe they even haven't been able to train. So they're really not there. Um, sort of following some of the model of what some other races have been doing. Uh, we've been watching Kerry Warner. Do you know who he is? No. Uh, he's a, he's a East coast centric racer. He's a big cyclocross racer, Okay, but he also has done some mountain bike racing here. And um, there's sort of, there's sort of Strava challenge races. So they're the mm-hmm. actual courses, but you can do them whenever. Right. You know, within a certain point of time and then like there's prizes and whatever for, you know, people. So there's going to be weekend challenges where like two of the best parts of the course, two of the big like best climbs of the course will be Strava segments and people can go and there's like the hotels and towns in on it. So you'll get like a little swag bag and you'll get your little random prizes and fun stuff and then just go like with your little buddies that you've been riding with or whatever or yourself. And make a weekend out of it in central PA, which, you know, is a, is a great place to be. So that's sort of how we've been pivoting around it. And neat, neat. That's really cool. Um, I might even try to come out for it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it is, it is cool. And, and again, believe me, like it's hard to, it's hard to even say how much, how much work has got, you can only imagine like, working with the forest service and tourism and the COVID people and USA cycling, you know, we're not licensed by them, but they have all those. They've been doing lots of webinars for people, you know, (laughs) event promoters and stuff. And, and then consulting with our, you know, our very, very high ranking friends in in microbiology and this guy. And it's a, it's a lot of work, but it, but but it does also, you know, make you feel like, that you're help that you're helping in some way that you're helping you know give that humanity helping the businesses that are just being the, the oh my you know my lord like the towns and stuff that are having so much trouble like we have to we have to function with this virus and that's you know we're just all doing our part here yeah yeah I, i'm yeah I, i'm just at a point where i want to try to find ways to be hopeful you know, it's going to continue. To I'm be always hopeful. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, like, that's just, I, I'm nothing if not hopeful, but, but it is, I think, I, I think it's, I think it is important to, you know, I think we've gone through all these different incarnations of the thing, like, oh, we'll just shut down for two weeks and then it'll be fine. And, oh, we'll just like stop for a month and then it'll be, but it's, yeah, I think we're all at the point now. It's like, okay we do have to live with this in some capacity and some things are going to be much riskier than we, than we can like, like the school, you know, they decided like that. Oh, how do we do that? Well, I guess we can't, you know, and, and some places where the spread is less, they'll try school. Right. I mean, <laughs> we're a big country and it looks very different all over the place. Right. Um, but we definitely need to, to live with it and continue to evolve with it. And while we are, 
you know, buying all this time and, and, and mitigating. Like the idea is to just keep because if the virus can't get to other people, then it does start to go away, you know, like on its own <laughs> while we are waiting to get the therapeutics and the other stuff that will um, that will finally like get us back to true normalcy, you know, where we don't have to go through all these hoops to have a human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm heartened to hear what Dave is doing with, uh, with unpaved. I mean, I like, I like seeing somebody approach it from a different, uh, perspective and, you know, try to be respectful of, of what we need to do to be safe, but not give up on having events. Right. Right. And that's, that's what, that's what we're trying, you know, and, 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 you know, not, we're standing on the shoulders of others, you know, like, mm-hmm. like watching what they're doing and learning. And that's, that's, uh, it's good. You know, like it, it's, it's, it, I'm very grateful to the people who, uh, are generous with their time and their, their thoughtfulness and giving advice, you know, for how to do things safely and keep it. Cause everybody wants to keep everybody safe. Like we're, you know, no mm-hmm. one, we're not cavalier at all. Like period. Yeah. Like they're just not. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, you know, the, 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 I don't foresee that the weekend challenges would change at all. If, the, if, if, you know, the Lewisburg where the race starts is, is a college town and we don't yet know exactly what they're doing. So if things start to look dicey there in September, you know, the, the, the main event could be like, sorry, we're going to have to defer. We can't do that. But the, the weekends. Yeah. I mean, I think that you could definitely like people could continue to sign up for those fun weekends and and do them. But, you know, I don't foresee that being a problem. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know uh, what? Uh, Almost almost two years ago, I held uh, the first Red Kite Rendezvous. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been wanting to try to dream up a way to bring that back. And I think about like getting uh, a football field. And yeah, easy ups every 12 feet. That seems reasonable. So, well, I'm, I'm going to start looking into it a little bit. Uh, Cause our farmer's market is still going. I mean, like, yeah. it's, and that's the same thing. Like, yeah, the farmer's markets are going and they're just more spread out and you mask, you know, like, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, well, baseline picks. One of them was going to be unpaved. <laughs> we talked about that. So we'll just put a little uh, link in the notes. But my other one, I had two. So now I just have one. Um, it's, it's my gravel camp. The mm-hmm. It's not my gravel camp. I shouldn't call it that. I'm just a guest. But uh, it's, you know, Hunter Allen, who has also been working very hard to do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do? What can we bring to people? And uh, it's it's next week. So there will be no show next week. But um, I should have lots of great stuff from the camp for the show after. Uh, it's, you know, it's just like a very small, 10 people, small, most of it outside. But it's cool. Like, it's a really good time for that, too, I think, because it's in the Appalachian Mountains. We're going to, like, a bike park the first day, like, do, do skill stuff. You know, and it's just like he's going to do all his wonky stuff with people like the FTP, the power, the WKO, you know, the full law, the power uh-huh. analysis of the five minute and the 20, like and all that. And uh on gravel bikes which is different you know so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh there'll be daily power file analysis and yoga and just 
talking about all the all the elements of like being successful and gravel so i'm i'm stoked i'm i'm sure i'm gonna learn the bike fitting i'm definitely gonna come home with stuff that even though i wrote a book i 100 percent guarantee you i'm gonna learn something that mm. should probably should be in the book <laughs> <laughs> very cool yeah well i envy you that uh it it does sound like it's gonna be really neat um although some of those power tests uh, i could do without sort of I hear you. I hear you. I'm like, I'm like, well, Hunter, I don't have a power tap on my uh, on my gravel because I don't. He's like, oh, we could probably get you one. I'm like, well, I could just help because <laughs> I know what those are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there yeah. was a time in my past before they had those that you know you would do the Conconi test, which was, I mean, it was same the same activity, just a different sort of measurement. And I used to do those once a month. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea what was wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Graph paper, ballpoint pen. Wow. The the memory on my polar heart rate monitor, clicking it every five seconds and recording what the heart rate was. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Huh. Um, I'm better now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Cause wow, that's that's uh I don't even know what to say. Yes. Yeah, I don't I'm think anyone else does either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's definitely it's, you know, I mean, I, I laugh, but I but, you know, I still I was never really like that, even even when I was much more serious. Uh, I just had a real hard time making myself do stuff like that. Like I just had, I, you know, I could do hard. In, but even then, like I needed other people people to do my intervals with because <laughs> it just it was very hard for me to make myself go as hard just by myself like one or two other people for sure i mean whatever but like just myself would i uh I, it starts hurting and i'm like eh. yeah <laughs> yeah all right that's good enough <laughs> it's funny i couldn't do flat intervals for most of the time that i was racing by myself you know, I could go ride in a pack and go to the front and completely kill myself, but I couldn't go do individual interval workouts on the flats on a climb was a completely different thing. I could still turn myself inside out on a climb. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I, and I, and I am similar. Like when I, when I would be assigned stuff to do on a climb, I, I could I could go much harder and, and much make myself much more miserable, mm-hmm. but I would have a, I just didn't have the will interest, whatever it was to, to do it on a flat. That was a heck of a phrase. Make myself much more miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, we were on the final climb of one of the grasshoppers going up Coleman Valley. You know, it's, I don't know, 50 degrees and raining. And I turned to the president of one of the local clubs, this fellow, Dan Lee, uh, who's a really wonderful guy, somebody who, you know, I, if he's around when I'm on a grasshopper, you know, it's, it's kind of a calming influence, just a wonderful guy. And I turned to him and I said, you know, no one should ever allow us to plan a party. And he's like, what, what, why? I was like, well, our idea of a good time cannot be trusted. <laughs> so funny. So funny. I can't tell. Like, I remember super fast. Sorry, but like I was 
when when I was flying over to Brazil to do the Brazil ride, uh-huh. I was sitting next to this couple, these guys that were going to party. They were going to Brazil to, on vacation. <laughs> and they, you know, they asked what I was doing and I told all about what I was doing and they were just like you doing this for fun? You know, like they were just so aghast. But like, is this a good time? I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're, know you're paying money to do this. Yeah. Right. You're flying to Brazil to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. the room. Okay. My pull. Uh, yeah. Or your pick, rather. Uh, right. Right. Um, <laughs> we're getting lost now. Or I'm getting lost now. <laughs> So my pick isn't exactly sexy, but it is useful. And I'm betting that you have tried the product too. My pick is bottle bright. Those are the, Oh, you don't know that I don't wash anything, but anyway, (laughs) 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 but no, please tell me what I should be doing with my bottles. I'm not drinking algae on my next ride. Well, they're just these little cleaning tablets. Uh, what kind of like Ephrodent or whatever that stuff was? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were sent to me uh, for cleaning water bottles or other beverage containers, but I'd actually had a couple once before that I used to clean out uh, uh, reservoirs from hydration packs. Mm. And I mean, the the common advice that I'd always gotten in the past that when I got a new hydration pack. You put a solution of baking soda uh, mm-hmm. in it with, mm-hmm. you know, and that was supposed to take care of it. And I can't tell you the number of times that I stuck, you know, some baking soda solution. Like I, one time I even poured a whole box of baking soda into the hydration pack. Whoa. Shook it, shook it, let, it, let it sit for like a day Went back, it's still, the water still tasted like plastic, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, the idea with, uh, with, uh, bottle bright is that, mm-hmm. uh, all it takes is, you know, you, you put them in for 15 to 30 minutes. You can leave it a little more if you're concerned. Um, and then after that you give it a little rinse. Um, and I can say that it doesn't leave any sort of residue behind that you'll, You'll taste hmm. a quick, okay. a quick rinse is all that's necessary. And it's been far more effective at getting rid of that plasticky taste, uh, hmm. to the reservoirs. Now I will say that, uh, if I leave, uh, the water in the reservoir for more than 24 hours, um, mm-hmm. and we're talking straight water here, not mix or anything crazy like that. But if I leave the water in there and, you know, say half of half of my water is left from my previous ride and I just put the pack on again, it'll taste a little plastically plasticky still. But that first ride, you know, when I immediately put the water in there, I can get through eight hours and won't have any bad taste. Um, Hmm. Yeah. A box of 12. um, They're individually wrapped little tablets that goes for eight bucks. But if you go to their site and you order directly from them. You can get a box of 36 tablets for 22 bucks. And at that point they throw in free shipping. Oh, now if you're nutty, like some friends of mine and you, you absolutely have to put mix in your reservoir. Uh, I'm one of those. Okay. 
Well, they make a pack of 144 tablets for 80 bucks. Again, you free just shipping. put them all in at the same time. <laughs> One should do with baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> just like <laughs> blow the thing up, <laughs> make it pop like alien. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's the best thing I've found so far. Um, if somebody out there is listening and they think they've got something that proves upon improves upon it, lay it on me. Uh, I'm all I'm all ears. Yeah. So have you used them in bottles too? I haven't bothered to because bottles are so easy to clean. That's true. They are. You know are. these things. Th- th- this is a, a finite resource until I order more. Yeah. <laughs> and so are, I save them only fair. for reservoirs. <laughs> Um, cool. and I, I do use reservoirs quite a lot, not on the road, mm-hmm. but some gravel rides and all my mountain mm-hmm. bike rides. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, before we go, mm-hmm. there's something I've actually been mentioning, uh, meaning to mention for a few weeks now here on the show. And it just keeps slipping off of my, I don't know, to do. Did you hear that Specialized has committed an additional $10 million to the Outright Foundation? I did hear that somewhere. I did hear that. Yeah. 10 that's cool. million. Yeah. No, that's super cool. Uh, you know, Tell so people with the Outride Foundation. Yeah. So uh, Outride was founded. It was originally launched as the Specialized Foundation, and then they changed the name so that they could try to solicit other people for money. Mm-hmm. But its first mission was to do research into how exercise could be used to combat ADHD. Mm-hmm. Since the name change, their mission has also expanded into how bike riding can just help improve the lives of kids, particularly those in underserved communities. Mm-hmm. I have so much respect for what the program does. I've seen one of the programs that they gave a grant to. Uh, it's mm-hmm. at a, a school at Windsor, uh, just up the road from me. And a friend of mine actually runs the program there. And, you know, these are kids who absolutely would not be on bikes otherwise. Um, and one of the other things is what $10 million can do without ride is phenomenal because this isn't like a big organization. When I mm-hmm. visited them last fall, there were four people on payroll Four. Oh wow. Okay. And let's consider the fact that because they're based at specialized headquarters in Morgan Hill, their rent is essentially free. Totally. Totally. So yeah. That's $10 million that really isn't going to get sucked up by any overhead. Uh, it, That's awesome. It really yeah. is. And, you know, for people, I'll include a link, but yeah, for people who don't know about it, it's one of the neatest things happening in cycling right now, I think. That's awesome. No, I, 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 I was actually at a press launch at Specialized, like some product launch, when he had first announced that, when Sinyu had first talked about the, the original ADHD mm-hmm. initiative. So it's cool to see where it's evolved to. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm a big, big fan. Okay, everybody. That's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Hey, keep the questions coming. You all are sending great stuff. If you got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.